what, what the Lord's placed in my heart for you today. Um, I know that, that God will, uh, will speak certain things to your heart. And, um, you know, thank God that, that uh, we have a God that, that hears us and uh, that will also speak to us. And, uh, you know, he's not, a, he's not dead, he's alive. And uh, he's still speaking to his people. And, um, you know, I mean, so many times I think, you know, we look for it in, in some like ultra, you know, dramatic way. Um, even Elijah, you know, he, he uh, you know, when he went to, to the mountain, you know, and went into the cave, you know, the, um, it wasn't in the earthquake, wasn't in the wind, wasn't in the fire. It was that still small voice. And uh, the, the, spoke, the spoken word of God's still small voice in your heart um, can change your life forever. Uh, just, just one whisper from the Father uh, will give you wisdom on how to handle a situation, on how to tackle a problem, on, on what way to move forward. And uh, how many know that God's always speaking? You know, and he, he, that's one of the ways he speaks. He speaks in dreams. He speaks in visions. He speaks primarily through Scripture. And, uh, but he's always talking, and uh, you know, we, we live in a, in a day and age where there's a lot of voices coming at us, and uh, what we need to do is we need to turn a lot of other voices down and hear what the Father's saying and draw near to him because uh, he has a kingdom that cannot be shaken and will not be defeated, and you know, it's not going to quit. And um, that's, that's uh, in the time period we're living in, we need his voice. And so um, the other night I was, uh, I was actually putting, I was laying down with Eli, and uh, as I laid down with him, I just uh, heard the Lord, the Lord spoke real quietly, real softly, real tenderly to my heart, uh, but said, uh, demonstration of the Spirit, demonstration of the Spirit. And so, uh, and I heard that, and of course it excited me. I mean, it's exciting to hear your father's voice, you know, I mean, it always is, it's always heartwarming. And then we had a Bible study, uh, we had our midweek uh, Zoom Bible study meeting uh, that Thursday, and Brian was... Um, was was sharing, and he began to speak the exact same thing that God spoke to my heart, and uh, just really under the unction of the Spirit. And uh, as he was sharing, uh, you know, prophetically, you know, as Brian does, um, I just couldn't stop smiling, because it was like, it was not only, it was just a confirmation of what God had already shown me. And so, um, demonstration of the Spirit. Now, the, the challenge with, um, with that is um, and and I'll and I'll and I'll I'll say this as well. Um, for 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 the rest of the time that I'm on Earth, I, I want things that are real and genuine. Like I don't want anything fake. Um, I hate fake, and uh, church fake's probably worse than worldliness fake. You know what I'm saying? Because you expect fake from the world, you know. But but in in legalism and, and in a lot of circles, you know, church can turn into a performance. And, uh, and we don't want that, man. I mean, you know, there's only one person needs to be glorified today, and that's Jesus. Amen? Nobody else needs to be glorified. All the attention, all the focus needs to, to come on him. And, and uh, how many know the reason we're having church today is because we brought Jesus in here with us when we came. Amen? We want to see him. We've already ministered to each other, loved on each other, and, uh, you know, encouraged each other. But that's Jesus that, that does all of that. And so um, in the name of demonstration of the Spirit, I've seen a lot of performance, and I've seen a lot of weird stuff, and I've seen you know, um, just performance stuff, and so um, we don't want that, and, but we do want the power of God, amen, because I think we're at a place in our lives, and even in our nation, and even in the world, where the only thing that's really going to work is the power of God, <laughs> like nothing else is going to work, you know, um, and we need, we need the power of God, um, we need the power of God everywhere, we need the power of God in our school systems, we need the power of God um, you know, in our government, we need the power of God, you know, in our state, in our county, in our city, you know, in our family, you know, raising our kids, we need the power of God. Um, how many of y'all have noticed the presence of darkness? <laughs> like, it's here, man. And Isaiah prophesied about it in Isaiah 60. He said, gross darkness shall cover the people. And, and, and you know, Stacey and I, we talk, you know, pretty on the regular, and I'm just like, I'm periodically astonished at the level of deception that's in the earth. Like, it's like, a, like it's awe-inspiring. It's like, can you believe that this is happening? Like, I, I always say it, and I jokingly say, I feel like we're in a bad movie. You know, it's like, it's not, this isn't real, this is a movie. Like, this stuff you watch in the movies, you know. 
because the darkness is so gross, and it is so, it's everywhere, um, and it's on a larger scale than I've ever seen it before. And so, um, and so, but that's okay, because in Isaiah, it says that the light shall arise upon us, amen? And how many know that light and darkness don't fight? Like when we came into the church, you know, today, and when, when the church was opened up today, and the light, the light switches were turned on, there wasn't an argument between light and dark. Um, there wasn't a scuffle. Darkness immediately fled in the presence of light. And so we are light, and we are carriers of light, and we have the ability to divide darkness just with the presence of God that is upon our lives. And, and I think that we have to be careful. See, a lot of times we think that we're going to somehow divide darkness through argument or through logic. I mean, you, know, you, you can't argue deception off of someone. In fact, when someone's in a state of deception, the more you argue with them, uh, the more they hunker down in their place of deception because it's not about truth, it's about who's right. And, and, and in, in the presence of pride, there will always be contention. And so I think a lot of us, we've seen the deception, we've seen the evil, we've seen the darkness, and so we've tried to debate people out of darkness, and that's just not how it works. Um, you can't debate someone out of deception. You can't debate someone out of darkness. What we, what we need um, is light, and what we need is to shine. And uh, very simple. And, and so um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and in verse 1, and this is kind of that, the scripture that God began to speak to my heart. And this is, you know, Paul speaking when he, when he came to the Corinthians in, uh, in verse, chapter 2, verse 1. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so, like, there's this place in God where His presence has the ability to melt deception off of people's lives. Just His presence. And, um, and, and I feel... Like, that's what God is moving us into, is a demonstration of His Spirit. Now, I, I believe that's certainly going to happen in church, and that's wonderful. And, you know, thank God for the presence of God that's in the church. And, you know, I just, I, I love when we come together. There's something special about when we come together. But I believe that we need the demonstration of, of the Spirit of God, not, in, not just in the church, <clears throat> but primarily in the, in the world, man. <clears throat> in your job, in your community, um, the people that you're around. Because you are a carrier of the presence of God. You are a carrier of Jesus. How many know that you know, he that's within you is greater than he that's in the world? And, and, and so there are people that need the presence of God that's on you. And, and what, I, what, what, what I believe is going to happen is, how many know they're to come to us to ask for the hope that's within us? Can I get an amen? There's a draw to you. Okay, as a believer, there's a draw to you, and and there's two different types of people that are going to be drawn to you. There, there's going to be people who are drawn to you that are hurting and need help, and then there's going to be people that are drawn to you that are from the enemy, <laughs> that are looking to to rob your time and to um, try to get you to fight or to argue or whatever. And so you, we have to be careful to discern: are these ministry opportunities or is this a time wasting opportunity? Uh, so we have to know the difference. But people are going to be drawn to you. And so, uh, because the stage is going to be set for ministry or for the enemy trying to get you into the carnal mind. I mean, you know, right now, we don't need believers in carnality. We don't need the believers offended. We don't need the believers angry. <laughs> we, don't need the the, we don't need the believers depressed or oppressed. And, and I understand we all may fall into that periodically, and that's okay. God loves us, and we're forgiven, and we're the righteousness of God, and that's not going to change but your default setting is not being offended and angry. Your default setting is not being depressed or oppressed. Your default setting is actually peace and joy. Amen? And all those things are within you. That, how many of you know that river is on the inside of you? Like nothing in this world stops that, that kingdom river on the inside of you. But we get so distracted with things and things that are going on that we can sometimes forget that we can lose track of the river that's within us. And we can go back to 
to our flesh, to our carnal mind. And then the enemy loves it when you fight him with, with, in a place of carnality and flesh. He loves it. He's always trying to goad you into a fight to get you to defend yourself, to justify yourself. Um, he's always trying to get you into that because when you're in that place, that's not where the spirit is. That's where carnality is. And we, we looked at it. I, can, can we get this fan off pretty please? I'm sorry, Casey. I'm, it's fine. It's out far, but it, the, the mic is hot enough where it's picking me up. I've tried. Is that better? Is that better? I hate this thing. Like, I hate it. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's good. Amen. It, okay, so anyway. So, um, the enemy wants to draw us into that place because how many know that, that when Peter fought against the Roman soldier and cut his ear off, he had a good cause, but it was not what the Lord had in mind. And see, if we get over into carnality, rather than helping people and getting them set free, we'll cut off their ability to hear. And instead of fighting the kingdom of darkness, we'll be fighting men and fighting women, fighting people. You follow me? And we're actually not called to fight against people. I mean, we're called to take a stand against the enemy. Can I get an amen? But the enemy wants to rile us up and, and to cause us to be ear cutter offers, you know, to, to react in anger. And, uh, but how many know that when, when Jesus took the ear of the Roman soldier and put it back on his head and healed him, how many know Jesus actually wanted to see the Roman soldier get saved? He, Jesus didn't count the Roman Empire as his enemy. He didn't. How many know he had his sights on a larger enemy? Darkness. How many know God's heart was to say, how many know that you know, when Jesus was taking that ear and putting it back on the Roman soldier, he was thinking about Cornelius. How many know Cornelius, got, he was a Roman soldier that got saved and he was a wonderful man, amen? And um, he had a, can we get that fan off pretty please? <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's all good. Um, but anyway, and so we have to be careful that we don't start to war in a place of carnality, but we make sure that we stay in the spirit. How many know you can get more things done in the spirit than you can in the flesh? And we need to, we need to war out of a place, or take our stand out of a place of the spirit. Now, here's the thing. What I have found is when I'm at peace, I handle everything better. Like Everything. And so the, the battle is the enemy's trying to get you out of peace. See, when I'm in a place of peace, I have the ability um, to, to correct my children better. When I'm in a place of peace, I have the ability to lead my family better. When I'm in a place of peace, I can handle the dog better. <laughs> Amen. When I'm in a place of peace, um, I had the other day, man, this guy, it was really funny because I was in a place of peace. But something happened, and this dude flipped me off, and he was so mad. Like, he flipped me, and, and, and really, I mean, it, I'd, made, I'd made some kind of mistake. It was, really, it was my fault, you know. And it's funny, when it's your fault, you wave at him. You're like, oh, <laughs> like, my bad. Then this dude flipped me off, and, and like, he, scream, he was like screaming in his car. And it was bad. It was Dan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm Dan. That's Dan. can't even imagine Dan like that. But this dude flipped me off, and he had like spit flying flipping me off, you know? And I was just, and, and, and it was a very small thing. I maybe forgot to put my turn signal or something like that. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, that brother was mad. I'm like, I thought he, he may, you know, I parked my car and was like looking around for the guy, you know, it was like that. But, but the thing about it was, is I had peace the whole time. Like there would have been a time when I could, I would have got mad at him too. Ah, you did this and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. How many know we have a kingdom that's greater than the kingdom of this world? And, and remain in peace. How I many know you need to remain in peace on social media? If social media is still in your, your peace, you need to get off of it. If the news is still in your peace, you need to stop reading it. Amen. And, and because your peace is more valuable than your intake of information. And then, and then also, and thank God for entertainment. You know, I'm, I'm, I love, I mean, entertainment's great. And like, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch some football today. Why? Because I like watching football. And uh, entertainment's great, but how I many know entertainment is not a substitute for time spent with God? It's not. Because entertainment, it's like the Twinkie. You know what I'm saying? The Twinkie tastes great, but if the only thing you eat is Twinkies, you're not, you're, you're, you're not going to have a lot of energy. And, and Twinkies, 
they taste good, entertainment, it tastes good, and it's good, but it won't, it won't actually feed you. And what we have to be careful to do is not to be so distracted by all the information and entertainment. I mean, a part of the reason that we're in the place that we're in right now is the entertainment industry. Seriously, like where the world is at and where our values are at, if people have spent more time being entertained um, than, than, than really spending time with God. And, and really, the entertainment industry has been feeding this cyanide for years. Immorality cyanide. Like, oh, this is okay. This is okay. This is actually good. This is good. And slowly, the general perception of right or wrong has been switched. Now people think wrong is right and right is wrong. And it happened through the entertainment industry. And so... And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go full, full on Amish on you and tell you that you can't, you know what I'm saying? You can't watch TV or any of those things. But what I am saying is the Twinkie is not the main course. And you got to make sure that you're, you're feeding on the bread of life in order to maintain peace. Because you, you need peace in the presence of a storm right now. Can I get an amen? And you also need joy. There's a joy that's in your spirit that is always there. And, um, and so we need to make sure uh, that we're tapping into this so that we can be a light and we can be a witness and we can be a help and we just know how to, to navigate this world that we live in. Amen? How many know if you're not careful, you can get overwhelmed right now? The current is so strong of fear and hopelessness and despair that um, if we're not careful, we can get caught up in that current and we can be just as freaked out as people that don't know the Lord. You tracking me? And so we, 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 have to, we have to be careful not to do that, and we have to, to, to you know, really just maintain that place of peace. And, and once again, we don't want to allow the enemy to bring us into a place of warring um, in the flesh. We want to do it in the Spirit, amen? And so it says, in demonstration of the Spirit and power. So that being said, you are a carrier of the presence of God, amen? You know, the other day I was in the gym, and um, when I'm in the gym, I, I, I am extremely focused, like extremely focused in the gym, like every second is accounted for, and uh, um, just because I only have so much time, I'm going to get in, I'm going to get out, but how many know that love is inconvenient? How many know that love will get off your schedule? How many know love takes time? Can I get an amen? And we got to be careful that we got to be aware of that, and, um, and so I was in, I was in the gym, and there's a, there's a gentleman that was in there, and uh, and how many know that I, that Jesus Christ is on the inside of me, Amen. And there's a presence of God that's on my life. There's a presence of God that's on your life, Amen. And people are in darkness. Well, the people in darkness they need help, and so they're going to gravitate towards the light. And so he starts talking to me, right? And next thing I know, he is just pouring out his heart. Um, his son was real bad on drugs and had, had, had OD'd, and had um, fallen over on the stove while he OD'd, and had actually burnt his chest muscle off, um, and he caught on fire, and, and, and he almost died. He'd had some drugs that was laced with um, whatever that stuff is that's so evil. Yes, that stuff. And so, um, and so he was just crushed, and there we are in the gym, and he's about to cry, <clears throat> and but he, 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 he's in a place of darkness, and his family's in a place of darkness. And how many know that, that, that I need to be in a place where I can help him and have time for him? And, and so, man, we, we, just, we had church right there in that gym, man, and I got to just pray for him and speak life over him and let him know that whenever his son is finished with what you know with his hospital stay that I would love to sit down and talk to his son and share my testimony with him and um, but my point is is he was drawn see don't don't allow the the presence of the mask keep you from noticing and being aware of people that need ministry don't you know cuz cuz we get in mask mode and we're like you know got to get done got to go back you know and and you know what I'm saying like and, you know, and so what I see happening in our, in our communities is people don't talk to each other. People aren't kind to each other. Um, people are just freaked out. And people are, you know, they almost, fear will push you into a survivalist mode where me, myself, and I, me and mine, I got to take care of me and my family and I got to get it done. Well, how I many know that's actually not the call to the church? We're called to care for people who 
who need help. And, and not just people that agree with us politically or doctrinally or any of those things. How I many you know we're called to help people that believe different than us? We just are. I mean, that's what we're called. We're, we're the salt. We're the light. We're the leaven. We're the preservative. And so what, what God began to minister to me is he's going to put his presence on his people in such a way that it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring a separation. Not a separation for the purpose of rejection, but a separation for the purpose of safety. Because there are people who are in that darkness that want out. There are people that are in that darkness that they're, they're, they're kind of starting to freak out a little bit. And then there are people in that darkness who are so consumed by the darkness, the only thing that's going to pull them out is the Spirit of God. Not your argument, not your debate, not your doctrine. Just Jesus Christ and the presence of the Lord. Can I get an amen? Uh, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And, and we have to remember that a part of... Because I'm telling you, the harvest is, is, is riper than it's ever been. I mean, these are, these are days of harvest. These, these are harvest days. And I'm talking about, you know, in Proverbs, he that winneth souls is wise. And uh, there, people are going to get saved. And, uh, and people who are saved need encouragement. They need help. They need wisdom. And, um, but it's all going to be done through God's Spirit. Because, you know, we're in a time when really nothing else works. You know, um, logic's not going to work. Persuasive words isn't going to work. We, we simply need the presence of the Creator. We need the presence of Almighty God upon our lives to help people and to give us wisdom. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, Paul here talking again, he says, Now some are puffed up as though I, would not, as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills, and, and will know not the words of those who were puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of, of God is not in word, but in power. Amen. Um, and so Paul's saying here, it's not... How many know God can put His Spirit on your words? And that's not just for the preacher. Can I get an amen? amen. I, need an, I, I need you to know that. God, God will put His presence on your words so that when you share with someone, it penetrates darkness. And they, and they respond and they react because you're, you're speaking words that are filled with love. You're speaking words that are filled with His Spirit. You know, we did a, um, um, we did a Halloween, I did, I did, I DJed a Halloween, a high school Halloween party here recently, which sounds crazy, I know. But, um, but they invited me to do it and I said, I'll do it if I can preach. And, um, and, and they were like, yeah, you can, you can preach. And so, how many know that, we need to go there. <laughs> we need to preach. And when it was time for me to preach, now in that type of environment, God's got to show up. Because if God doesn't show up, then, the, then the, the, the worldliness of the moment will swallow up everything. But man, when, when I got up to share my testimony, there were 60 kids in there, and you could have dropped a pin and heard it hit the ground. That's how silent it was. And the reason it was that silent is God came in there to speak to his children. And so the words that I spoke, they were just the simple words of my testimony and the, the simple message of the cross. But because God was in the words, um, all the kids were listening, you know, mouths wide open, listening because of the Lord's presence. And so what I'm saying all this to say to you is God is setting up moments for you to speak and for you to share. And it's not just on your words. How many know every action of love that you release has impact? That's important too. How many know kindness is real loud right now? Why is kindness so loud? Because not very many people are being kind. And so when you're kind, and you, you, you're making a difference. You're, 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 you're shining the light. How many know the light is shining through words? But how many know it's shining through deeds? The Bible says, you know, let our, our good works uh, shine and glorify our Father in heaven. Now, legalistic works glorifies you. How I many, we don't want that. We don't want to glorify you. How I many, you know, actions that are done out of love, how I many, they glorify God and they draw people to Jesus. Big difference, amen? But God's placing a power on, on your life. Turn to Galatians chapter 3 and, and just a pre His presence upon your life. So don't be surprised when people... When someone is sharing their life, sharing their trouble with you, they're, 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 they're crying out for prayer. You have to know that. 
you know, you just think, well, when someone just all of a sudden is just telling you everything that's wrong, they're asking for prayer. They don't know they're asking for prayer. They think they're just venting. But they're venting to a place where Jesus lives. And Jesus wants to step out of that door and minister to them. And pray for them, man. Amen. And, and uh, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Don't be nervous. You know, you, you, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you. You don't need some pastor to pray. You don't need some minister to pray. You pray. Because your, your prayer is powerful. And, 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 you know, how many know everybody in this room, we all make contact with people that the other people in this room don't. And so you're the presence of Jesus in someone else's life. Amen. It might be a family member. It might be somebody you work with, you know, but you, there's a, there's, there's a lot of ministry to be done right now. Amen. But, and and so in Galatians chapter three, this is one of the most interesting statements in scripture to me. Like, it's, it, it's, it's a profound concept to me that has always intrigued me. But I'm going to read it to you in a little bit of context and we'll get to the statement. But Galatians chapter 3 and in verse 1, <clears throat> and of course we know the book of Galatians is Paul contending with the legalists after he had established a foundation of righteousness and grace. But he makes this statement. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes... Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, here's the statement, he who supplies, everybody say supplies. He who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God, and he was accounted to him for righteousness. He who supplies the Spirit to you. Now, this is an amazing concept to me, because right here in Scripture, it declares that an individual human being has the ability to supply the Spirit. That is, just a, that's an, that is an, a crazy concept to me. And... He that supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you. Did he do it by his good deeds or his good works? Or did he do it by hearing of faith, which is hearing of the gospel, hearing that you're made right with Jesus through believing in Jesus Christ? He who supplies the Spirit. Now, anybody ever used a water hose before? We all have, right? Um, How many know that the nozzle on on the hose doesn't produce the water? But how many know it has the ability to release the water? You don't produce the Spirit, okay? The Spirit of God, if you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God is on the inside of you. And how many of that Spirit is eternal and everlasting and unending? But you are a nozzle. (laughs) And you have the ability to release the Spirit of God on the inside of you and to supply the Spirit to those around you. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? How many know that Jesus lives in you, Right? And how many of you know Scripture declares that you're a door that the Lord wants to walk through? You're a door. We're going to look at it. We're going to look at it here in a little bit in Psalms 24. But the Bible says, lift up your everlasting gates. Lift up your everlasting doors, the King of glory. How many of you know God wants to walk through you into Walmart? God wants to walk through you into your family. God wants to walk through you into the hospital. God Almighty how many of you know God works through people? I mean, that's what he does. He, he's the one who chose to do it this way. He says that, you know, the, that God chose the foolishness of preaching. Why does God call it foolishness? That an imperfect human being would have the ability to represent a perfect God. And, and yet here we are, and this is what we do, and this is the way God's chosen to do this. But you have, how many of you know you have the ability to set the tone for the atmosphere? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You are a carrier of the presence of God. And that's why it's so important for us not to get caught up in the current of this world so that we're carrying the same atmosphere that the world's carrying. Y'all tracking me here? How many of you know we, we're, 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 we're to stand out? Amen? How many of you know we're uncommon? We're different. We're, 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 we don't want to be uh, living in a, in a state of fear. We don't want to be living in a state of anger. We don't want to be living in a state of offense 
Because how many know that the Christ in you has the ability to be veiled? What's the primary way he's veiled? Condemnation. And that's why the passage of Scripture is talking about righteousness by faith. If you feel condemned and you feel God's mad at you and, you're, and God's disappointed in you and God's holding your sin against you, then you're going to be so focused on you that you're not going to be able to help anybody else. Because in that moment, you're in a state of unbelief concerning the cross. In that moment, you're thinking the cross, Jesus did a great job on the cross, but it wasn't successful for me. How I many know oh, that's perhaps that's, that's a very insulting concept to relay to the Son of God? Amen. And, and I, like to, I, like to, I, like to, I like to pin condemnation in the corner and point it out. Because what the enemy likes to do is he likes to sneak condemnation in. You make a mistake, you say something dumb, you get mad, you get offended, you, get, you have no peace, you're living in fear, and then the enemy starts to trying to condemn you, right? And, and so he's trying to make it about you. How many know that this whole thing's actually not about us at all? It's about what Jesus did for us. <clears throat> and so, how many know there's no condemnation for those which are in Christ Jesus? Can I get an Amen. If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All your sin has been paid for and taken care of and forgiven, past, present, and future. You are living in an eternal state of forgiveness, okay? But the enemy loves to muddy the waters concerning redemption and make you feel like, well, maybe God loves me, maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe I'm blessed, maybe I'm cursed. Maybe God's disappointed in me, maybe he likes me, maybe he doesn't like me, and you live in that state of confusion. Okay? That's where, unfortunately, most of the body of Christ operates because they got one foot in the Old Covenant and one foot in the New. But the reality is, is the cross was a success. Can we get an amen on the success of the cross? And, and so because the cross is a success, condemnation has no right any longer to veil your heart and also to veil your perception of God. See, when you're in condemnation, you think God's mad at you. Think God's punishing you. And then the enemy will always... Like when something bad happens, be like, ah, oh, see, you're not blessed, you're cursed. And all the reason that happens, God's mad at you. You know, you haven't done this, you haven't done that, you haven't done this. Never allow the enemy to weigh you in the balances. You're not on trial. You know who's on trial? Jesus is. When, when, when condemnation tries to stand against you, you know who's on trial? Jesus is on trial. The blood is on trial. You're, it's not about your good and bad conduct. It's about, was the cross successful? And when we, when we begin to remove ourselves from that equation, how I many know oh, that's the reason God found fault with the Old Covenant? Why did He find fault with the Old Covenant? He found fault with them because we couldn't keep it. And so God said, I'm going to have to remove the weak link. I'm going to have to remove man out of the covenant. And now this is a covenant between God and His Son, Jesus, that we've been added into by a new birth. And so now God said, I'm going to bless you like you're perfect. I'm going to bless you like you've never messed up. I'm going to bless you like I'm going to bless Jesus. Y'all tracking me here? That's why he that knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. Here I was, drug addict, alcoholic, atheist, lunatic, and I got saved. I stepped into Christ. Old things passed away. All things become new. Now I'm in Christ. Can you get an amen? And now that I'm in Christ, God's going to treat me like I'm in Christ. God's going to bless me like I'm in Christ. God's going to love me like I'm in Christ. Amen. Because all of Jesus' perfect obedience has been eternally set to my account through identity. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with anything. Is there anything wrong with Jesus? Is there anything dirty in Jesus? Is there anything wicked in Jesus? Where are you? That means that you're, that means that you're awesome in Christ. Now, it doesn't mean you can't make mistakes. It doesn't mean you can't fall short. But what it does mean is that your spirit has been eternally sealed by God's spirit. And you've been eternally made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the blessing of Abraham is upon your life. Now, the enemy's always trying to convince you otherwise. How I many know oh, you can only enjoy what you believe? Anybody ever struggled to find their glasses and they were on their head? It's a very frustrating venture, isn't it? Because it's hard to find something you already have. In fact, I would say the best place to hide something from someone is on their person. Like, I, I have had my sunglasses on my head and searched everywhere for them. I mean, as hard as I search for them, I'm not going to find them. Why? Because I already have them. Amen. But so the enemy, the enemy's trying to make you think you can lose your right standing with God. 
and you're going to somehow find it and get it in a church service or get it through Bible reading or get it through prayer. Now, if you're not saved, you're not righteous and you do need to pray and you do need to receive the Lord. Amen. But if you're saved, you're righteous. Don't let the enemy convince you that you're not righteous through the lie of condemnation. Are y'all tracking me here? I mean, in, in, in simple terms, the stage where we're at in our lives right now, Ethan 15, Eli 2, Ethan can go and take Eli's nose, right? And boy, you want to see a mad two-year-old take his nose. Like, that's where we're at right now. Like, fury, ah, give me my nose, right? It's, it's, funny, it's funny to watch, kind of, you know? But how many know that he does not have the ability to take his nose, but if he makes him think that he's taking his nose, then he'll lose his peace and he'll be angry. Right? Right? How many know the enemy does not have the ability to take your right standing with God? But if he makes that you think that he has, then you know what will happen? You'll have no peace, you'll be angry, and you won't have any faith. You know why? Because you'll think God's against you. And how many know if God is against you, then what are you going to do? Nothing. You're just going to, be, you're just going to feel horrible. You're going to expect punishment. Y'all tracking me here? But just like Ethan can't take Eli's nose, the enemy can't take your righteousness. So don't, don't search for something that you already have. Can I get an amen? Everything that you want is in Jesus Christ. The blessing is in Jesus Christ. The anointing is in Jesus Christ. Provision is in Jesus Christ. Health is in Jesus. Everything's in Jesus, and you have Him. Can I get an amen? But what we're doing is we're learning how to believe it. How many of the day and time will come when Eli believes that no one can take his nose? It'll come. And when it comes, someone can try to take his nose. You know what he's going to do? He's going to laugh. Could there come a time when we were so confident in the cross, and the righteousness has been given to us as a gift, that when the enemy comes and tries to convince us that we're not right with God, we laugh at him? Because we recognize that it's true? Amen. Because in order for the Christ in you to shine out, condemnation's got to be removed off of you. Amen. You know, how many know when that guy was opening up his heart and sharing with me, how many know if I was in a state of condemnation, I wouldn't have felt worthy to pray? If I was in a state of condemnation, I'd have been like, man, God's not going to hear my prayer. Are you all tracking me here? But how many know when people come, they don't want the veil. They want the Christ. And so the primary part in all of our lives, the fight of faith, it's not a fight for healing. It's not a fight for provision. It's not a fight for protection. It's not a fight for answered prayer. The primary fight is your fight to believe that the cross is a success and you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Everything else flows out of that. That's why Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Y'all tracking me here? This is, this is where you, you need to put all your eggs in that basket. Put all your eggs in the Christ basket. When you believe that you're right with God, you'll have confidence for the promises of God to come into your life. Amen? And, and so we, we, want, we want to make sure that that condemnation stays off so that people can experience the Christ in us, and so that they can experience the presence of God. And that's why this passage of Scripture, it says, He that supplies the Spirit to you. Does He do it by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? What is the hearing of faith? It's the hearing, hearing of the gospel. It's hearing that you were made right with God through Jesus Christ. And that's why the last portion of that Scripture, it says, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. When you understand that you're right with God, there's going to be a presence of God that's upon your life. You ever see someone who first gets saved? You ever notice? I'll never forget one time, we had a Bible study in Paris, and there was a girl who had struggled with alcoholism and addiction and all kinds of craziness, and she got saved that night. And like, her countenance opened up the floodgates of heaven. Like, she was glowing. Because she got saved, right? In that moment, she believed that she was right with God. In that moment, she was not conscious of herself or her sin. She was only conscious of Jesus. And she, she you know what happened? She, she just glowed. 
She had such, she was tears streaming on her face. She had such joy. She had such peace because in that moment, it wasn't about her failure and her sins. It was about her Savior. Are y'all tracking me here? And so she had no contaminants in her perception of who she was or who God was. And as a result of that, we all experience the presence of God. That's one of the reasons we get addicted to leading people to Jesus. Because we love that moment when their eyes turn to the Lord and they get born again. Because something, something beautiful and powerful happens in that moment that we can all recognize. But how many of y'all think that... And, and see, now she had that moment of time and she enjoyed... We all enjoyed it. But how many know if she doesn't get taught and skilled in righteousness, that condemnation is going to come and veil is going to come over that glory that she was experiencing? Are y'all tracking me here? And that's why maturity happens through being skilled in righteousness. You, you're going to have to learn how to condemn the condemner. You're going to, the Bible says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Any tongue that rises against you in judgment, you condemn. One of the things we're going to have to learn how to do and stay skilled at and stay diligent at is condemning the condemner. Don't allow the devil to condemn you. Can I get an amen? Don't allow anyone else to condemn you using the devil's voice. I mean, you know, Christians are some of the best condemners on earth. They are. They're astonished. They're really good at it. And, and, and the only reason they're good at it is they're not taught correctly. They, they, they're, they're, they don't have an understanding of what the gospel is. But don't allow anyone to, ju- to judge you or to condemn you. Amen? You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, by me making that statement, I'm not saying there's, there's no correction. I mean, you know, right's still right and wrong's still wrong. I mean, that doesn't change. I mean, that's, that, that, that has nothing to do with the born-again experience. If someone was sitting here right now and they were an atheist and they were a drug addict and they were crazy like I was, I mean, you know, their behavior is not what needs to be talked about. Now, there be, now, perhaps they need to understand that they need to be saved. But how many know them getting saved has nothing to do with all their bad deeds? How many know them getting saved is just, it's Jesus Christ? Jesus is the one that saves them, amen? Apart from their behavior, apart from their deeds. And I think to some level in the church, we have an understanding that you get saved by faith, but then we start to think that we have to maintain our salvation or we have to maintain our blessing according to our conduct. And that's not the truth. How many know that if I've received Jesus as Lord and Savior and God made me the righteousness of God, how many know I didn't do anything to earn that? I don't do anything to lose that. Now, that, I'm not saying that, doesn't, that absolves us from responsibility for our actions and our behavior. How many know that what should be happening in my life is I should be, as love comes to me, it should be flowing through me stronger and stronger. What are you talking about? How many know that, and how many know love is where that maturity happens and where sin loses its dominion over your life? Can I get an amen? I should be more loving to my wife. I should be more loving uh, to my children. I should be more loving to my friends and my family and people that are around me because the more that happens, the more people are going to see Christ in me. But once again, my salvation is not based on those things. My salvation is based purely and only on Jesus. And so for this presence of God, for the supply, Remember, how many of y'all we're the water hose, amen? How many, how many of y'all think that, that your workplace could use some, some supply of the Spirit? Amen. How many of y'all think that everywhere you're at, there's an opportunity for Jesus to walk through? Amen? Um, let's turn to um, Psalms 24. And I, and I quoted this verse just a second ago. But this word is really strong in my heart. How many of y'all that the enemy has a presence? I mean, you know, there, there, there is, um, how many of y'all can, how many of you ever just walk into a room after somebody was just fighting? I mean, you can feel it. You can, you can feel contention. You can feel strife. You can feel, you can feel the presence of the enemy. But the, the beauty of it is, once again, how I many of you know, light and darkness don't argue and fight? What, what's, he that's within you is greater than he that's in the world. Amen. And, and we're, we're in a time when we're, we're called to shine the light. Amen? Demonstration of the Spirit and, and power. In Psalms 24, in verse 7, it says, Lift up your heads, o, o you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, 
Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come through. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. And so, this is a prophetic, <coughs> this is a prophetic passage of Scripture that's showing what our ultimate calling is. I mean, you're called to be a door. I mean, you're a door for your family. Amen? You're a door for your workplace. You're a door for your community. Young people, you're a door for your school. We're doors. And it says, lift up your head. How I many you know when I'm downcast, I have a tickle in my throat. <coughs> when I'm downcast and my head is down and I'm in a state of condemnation and I'm focused on myself, number one, I'm miserable. And number two, I'm closing the door for the King of Glory to walk through. What do I got to do? I got to lift my head up. I got to put my eyes on Jesus. Because if I look at me, the enemy always wants you to be self-focused. He wants you to be self-focused in the good things that you do, so you'll be prideful. And he wants you to be self-focused in the bad things that you do, so that you'll be condemned. And, and, and you're better off just not looking at you, period. The greatest moments of your life are when you're not conscious of yourself. That's when you're the most confident. Do you know that? You know why, you know why people struggle with confidence? They're thinking about themselves. <coughs> when they're thinking about themselves, they can't really flow. That's one of the things I love about little kids is they're not conscious of self. Like right now where Eli's at, he'd give a rip. Like, like he could be butt naked in here and he'd just run around eating donuts. You know what I'm saying? He don't care. Because he has no sense of being insecure because he's not thinking about he's not there's just that that place in the conscience hasn't awakened yet you know what I'm saying and so like there's no concept of insecurity or shame or any of those things he just is himself I love that about kids that's one of the reasons I love being around kids but I mean you know eventually unfortunately that place awakens and and they become aware of themselves and and then we have to kind of try to teach them back to that place and I think that's one of the reasons God says, you know, that come as a child. Come as a child because God doesn't, God doesn't want you living your life painfully focused on yourself. The way you look, the way you talk, the way you act. Me, 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 me. How many know love is what sets you free from yourself? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? How many know when I'm receiving love for, for who I am and then I'm letting that love flow through me, I all of a sudden get free from me. You, you, you tracking me? One of the things that God's been really helping me with is if I'm having a bad day or I'm being challenged. I mean, a lot of times your challenges aren't what's, I mean, certainly we have challenges around us, but I mean, you know, some of the worst challenges you can have is right here in your head. Like your emotional challenges. Like I've had times in my life when I was facing tremendous giants, but they weren't as bad as one of the days where I was just in my own head <laughs> with my emotions and my thoughts and all that. How <clears throat> I many you know the enemy can come and try to bring an atmosphere of confusion, an atmosphere of depression, an atmosphere of oppression into your head? And the thing the Lord's been helping me with is, is, is to, to, to stop thinking about myself and go do something for somebody. Man, as soon as I make that transition, like I feel like it happens to me in Kroger all the time. <laughs> That's a supermarket for those of you watching online that's around here in this area. But like if I'm dealing with something in my soul, I just it's like shift gears and find someone to do something for. Whether it's just me being kind to them or me giving something to them. And when I make that shift, it's like that place of the hose gets unknotted and then love starts to flow through me and I'm happy again. Because I'm not thinking about me. It's the same way for your family. You know, I always feel like the test of your spirituality is not the way you treat strangers, it's the way you treat people in your house. That's where the rubber meets the road. <clears throat> we can, we, we're all good at being kind, I mean not all of us, but Christians as a whole are good at being kind to strangers, right? But that, 
where, where it's at is how do you treat your family? That's where the rubber meets the road. How do you treat the people that are around you, the people that are close to you? Amen? <clears throat> how many know that through love, you can serve each other? Man, it's getting quiet in this charismatic church. Amen? Through love, you can serve each other. Be kind to each other. Be good to each other. Build each other up. Amen? <clears throat> I mean, it's just... And, and when we do that, we get set free from ourselves and the Lord can walk through. And so in this passage, it says, lift up your everlasting gates. Lift up your heads. Why is it so important to lift your head up? Because when you, once again, when I'm just looking at me and I'm just thinking about me, I become so self-conscious and so aware of myself that I can become paralyzed. And how many know God doesn't want that for you? One of the things I really <clears throat> try to teach, you know, to Ethan, my, uh, my teenager, is to get his confidence from the Lord. If you can just teach someone how to get their confidence from the Lord. Yeah, man, just from the Lord, not from, not from, not from what we wear, not from our clothes, not from our, our ability to play sports or our ability to, to do well in school or our ability to do anything, but <clears throat> get our confidence from the Lord. How many know inside of you is an unlimited amount of confidence when it comes from the Lord? Amen. Amen? And so God wants to walk through your life. He wants to walk through you, amen? You're the door that the King of Glory wants to walk through. And, and I feel like that people need encounters with God's Spirit. They need encounters with God's presence, amen? And, and through, through our lives. And, and not only is it going to bless them, but how many know it's going to help us too? When I'm in the Spirit, I'm happy. When I'm in the Spirit, I have joy. When I'm in the Spirit, I have peace. When I'm in the Spirit, I'm not worrying. You know, how many know this world will try to put an anxious word in your heart to cause you to worry? Here's the thing. If you're worrying, you're not trusting God. (laughs) And you're taking a responsibility on yourself that you weren't created to bear. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And, and. And if I am worried, I'm not trusting the Lord. And that's where the Bible says we got to labor to enter into that rest. We had to labor to enter into that rest. I mean, I've had, I've had times during this season where I'm like, I've got to go pray. I have to go pray. I, I probably pray more in this season of, my, of our lives than I have since I was in legalism. You know, I used to pray all the time in legalism. But we, I mean, but we were, we were trying to twist God's arm and make him do something back then. And we were trying to look cool spiritually. But now, man, out of a place of relationship, I'm just like, man, I need God. <laughs> I got to get off with the Lord. I got to spend some time with him. You know, and, 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 and maybe your schedule doesn't allow you to spend some extended period of time in prayer. But how many know you can worship the Lord while you clean the kitchen? Man, I was, I was cleaning the kitchen last night, crying, worshiping Jesus. Like... So caught up, like overwhelmed by God's presence. And you know, and here's, here's the funny thing about it. Not all the music I was listening to was even Christian music. A couple of those songs were just love songs. And you know who I was singing to? The Lord. <laughs> I was singing a love song to Him. And it was, it, was, it was a powerful moment. And you know what happened? I got a fresh feeling of the Spirit. In that, and during the time, how I many I could have cleaned the kitchen grumbling and complaining? Don't think that we all haven't, right? <laughs> Amen. It's a word for somebody, right? I could have cleaned the, chi- the kitchen in the flesh, but like I was joyful and I sang to the Lord and like I walked away from the experience like energized and strengthened. Please don't think I do that all the time. It's not always like that. Like I have times where I'm just like, hey, y'all need to clean up. And we're all like, you know, we're just human beings. Like we all, whatever. We all, we all are just people. But I had a time where I really tapped into something beautiful, and I cleaned it, and, and, and I worshiped the Lord while I cleaned. How many of you can worship the Lord in the car? How many of you know there's, there's all these times where, you know, you're presented with the Twinkie or presented with the bread of life? Amen? And there's a time to eat the Twinkie. Don't get me wrong. Eat that Twinkie. I'm, I've been making desserts at my house here lately, and I just love it. I mean, eat the Twinkie, too. But feed on the bread of life, man, because he's the one that's going to sustain you. He's the one that you really need. He's the one that's going to strengthen you. Amen? And we need those times where uh, we can just build ourselves up in Him, amen? Because we're, we don't have to be shaken the way the world's shaken. We have a kingdom that's greater, amen? And uh, well, this will be the last place we go. Go to Galatians chapter 2. And, uh, but man, just demonstration of the Spirit. Now, 
in the demonstration of the Spirit. It's about the presence of God, but it's also about just powerful things that are going to happen. Miraculous things that are going to happen. Miraculous prayers um, <clears throat> that are answered. Miraculous moments where people uh, just come to the Lord, you know. I definitely believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. I definitely believe that they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. Um, but I don't, I, I just, we have to be careful not to just pursue the miraculous. Pursue Jesus and, and allow the miraculous to happen. Because there, in my opinion, there's a danger when people just pursue the miraculous and they don't really pursue Jesus. And then people are just caught up and just trying to see weird stuff and they're not really in a place of relationship with the Lord. Uh, we want to pursue Jesus. And in the pursuit of Jesus, in time spent with Jesus, we can expect miraculous things to happen. We can expect, because it's going to take miraculous things for God to cut through the darkness that's in the earth. Amen? And He's going to do it through you, and He's going to do it through me. Amen? He's going to do it in our daily lives. But um, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, He said, I've been crucified with Christ... It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And so, Christ's in you. Like, He's in there. Amen? He's like Pregu. You know, he's, he's in there. He's not leaving. And He's wanting to come out. He's wanting to, come, he's wanting to, to make contact with people through you. And, um, and, and loving on people and helping people. And, and, um, but, but key is, we've got to keep the condemnation out. And, and, we've just, and, and just time in His presence. You know? How many know that it says that we're to be continually filled with His Spirit? That word, be ye filled with the Spirit, in the Greek is the present perfect tense. It means be continually filled. How many know you need a fresh filling? Like during worship today, I got a fresh filling. I was excited about it when I was coming. I was like, man, we're going to worship God. You know, and I was like, I need a fresh filling. You know, when we're praying for, for, for folks today, man, there's, there's a fresh filling. We need a fresh filling. You know, how many know that, that your, your, um, your car needs fresh oil? Amen. Your, your heart, your heart in the kingdom, you need fresh filling of God. And, uh, and that's the beauty of coming together as a church. There's a fresh filling that happens. Uh, but how many know we also need to learn how to encourage ourselves in the Lord like David did? Yeah. We have to learn how to draw strength, man. Draw water out of that well because it's always there, man. We do it through worship. We do it through song. Um, we do it, you know, those of you that, you know, when, when you're working at your job and you're doing stuff, carry a little song in your heart. Carry a little song in your heart. It, there, you, can, you can draw water out of that. How many know it's hard to sing unto the Lord and be sad? It is. It's hard to do. But the enemy always wants to shut your mouth and get you quiet and get you worried in thinking. A quiet, worried, thinking person can have their own private hell. And, and what's happening? You're looking down, and you're looking at yourself. And you're thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to take care of this? How am I? How am I? How I many know you are not God? And you're not called to be God. God says, lift up your head. Lift up your head. How do you do it? Get, get a little song in your heart. Start singing unto the Lord, man. Because you're, you're a carrier of the presence, amen? We do it through worship. We do it through Song, we've been talking about that in our midweek Bible study. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing to each other. And then you also do it in a place of prayer. Amen? Whether that's praying in the Spirit or praying in English. All these things, man, listen. You need a strength that's greater than your own strength in the season that we're in. We've had times when we could coast. We've had times when we could get by, mainly because we live in America and this place is so wonderful. Those days are over. You, you need something greater than, than, than you, <laughs> I need something greater than me. We need the Lord. And here's the thing. We don't have to struggle through this season. We can soar through this season. But it's going to require us tapping into that river that's on the inside of us and doing it on a regular basis. See, what I, what I found in the past, this is what I'd do. I, you know, I'd, I'd go, and then I'd just kind of do my thing, and then you know, it's easy to do in the world we live in. And then I'd kind of maybe start to get low in my kind of time spent with the Lord and maybe infilling of the, of the Spirit, and then kind of get my butt kicked, like kicked, and then get into a place of desperation, <laughs> and then come back to the Lord and be like, oh God, help me, and then get filled up, and then take out again on my own strength, and then, and then get my butt kicked again, and then come back over here, 
And what I've decided I'm going to do is I'm just going to stay full. Like, I'm just going to stay full, and I'm just not going to get my butt kicked, and I'm going to kick butt. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, and if I can stay full, then I have something to give, amen? And I have, I have something that's going on. Now, how many know that causes me to be a more of a blessing to the people around me? But how many know it's a blessing to me? I'm a lot more fun to be around when I'm in the Spirit. <laughs> like, I am. Like, I enjoy being around myself more. Amen. Y'all ever get, you know, because I had that season where I was, I was mad at the dog. <laughs> and I'm through that season now. Um, and, and thank God. But the, the dog was impact. How many something small like a dog can impact all your whole life? How many of something small like someone's talking smack about you behind your back can impact your whole life? How many of you know someone, someone uh, talking about you on Facebook can impact your whole life? Listen to me. Don't allow an individual's voice to have that much power into your peace. It's one of the ways we mature in grace is we're, we're, we don't feel like we have to contend with our critics any longer. There's a place of maturity where you don't have to justify yourself. You don't have to, vind, you don't have to vindicate yourself. You can be confident in the Lord and, and, and not allow a person, a place, a thing, or a dog to rob you of peace. Can I get an amen? Or how many, Or a child. Amen. How many know that if your children have the ability to rob you of peace, then, then what ends up happening is, is you, 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 I mean, uh, peace is a place of power. Can I get an amen? When I'm at peace, what I say carries more authority than when I'm frantic and freaking out. Amen. And, and nothing should be able to pull us out of that place. We have to get skilled at remaining in that place of peace so that we can be that door that the Lord walks through. So... Anyway, with that this morning, amen. Let's, uh, let's turn to Philippians chapter 4, and we'll continue worshiping the Lord in our giving.